All right, welcome to another episode of the Crown Council's Student Membership Series. I'm Stuart Anderson, and in this podcast, we talk to Stephen and Aaron Beveridge all about what it's like to join a family practice, what makes a family practice successful, and how their relationship works from the very beginning. Erin shares a few things that her father started doing, like treating her like a colleague very early in her dental career, as well as what they do to establish boundaries, uh, making sure they're checking their ego at their door, um, establishing a very consistent patient philosophy, and obviously having fun together. So they're going to talk about these and many more. Uh, if you are looking to join a family practice or be part of, of joining a family practice, this is a great episode to learn how to do that successfully. So we're grateful to Aaron and Stephen for joining us and, and being part of this mentor series. All to help students make that great decision of what comes next after dental school. Hope you enjoy the episode. Lots more to come. Thanks. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Crown Council's Mentorship Podcast Series. I'm Stuart Anderson and joined by founder of Crown Council, Steve Anderson. Welcome. We're, gra- we're grateful today to have the beverages with us. Um, so thankful to talk about family practice and joining a family practice and what it takes to have a successful family practice. That's going to be our uh, focus today. Um, so welcome, beverages. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for having Hello. us. We're grateful to have you. Um, Dr. Stephen Beveridge, one of our original uh, charter members of Crown Council. So he's been part since 1998 as a, as a part of the group. And uh, over the past, you know, 20 plus years, uh, his leadership and example inside of our community has been one that uh, Crown Council looks to. Uh, they've raised over $92,000 for Smiles for Life and continues to play a huge part in, in our community and the way that Crown Council grows. Um, and we'll get into this, but obviously one of the biggest things he's done is uh, share his example with his daughter, Erin. So Erin's with us too. And in um, 2018, Erin was voted the Young Dentist of the Year as the pattern has begun here with our, our uh, mentorship series. So Erin um, also leads one of our mastermind classes or, or mastermind groups as a leader of young dentists inside Crown Council as an example and mentor to them in our in our mastermind uh, series. So we are just grateful for you and your impact both of you have inside Crown Council as well as your own hometown. And maybe that's a good place to start. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about where you practice, what your practice is like, and uh, just a, a brief history of where you work. You wanna go? Sure. Uh, <laughs> we live and work in the Los Gatos, San Jose area of California, up in the Bay Area. And uh, I absolutely love it here. It's kind of got a small town feel, even though it's a big city. And a lot of our patients, a lot of people in the community have been here for a long time, a lot of new people. And so being a long-term family practice here has just been been awesome. It's really special. And when I was going through school, there was just no doubt in my mind, I wanted to be back in part of this community of really impactful people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I thank my dad all the time for moving here in 1967. It was orchards, but, um, you know, it, it's just been fun. And, and uh, you know, I still see patients that were his, you know, since 72. So we're, we're talking 50 years. So some of them were kids. And yeah. they, my grandpa did their like childhood dentistry and their ortho. And so they're in their 50s and they've never seen enough, like anyone besides a beverage for dentistry. So they're like, you guys better just keep <laughs> keep going dentists, I guess. <laughs> uh, 
It doesn't and, even uh, matter if it doesn't even matter if there's another, but just that's the new doctor's name, Dr. Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we've been in one of our offices in the same building that from when my grandpa started the practice. Mm -hmm. And so people have been coming there for years and it's, it's just a wonderful community to be a part of and serve. We really love it. And, and how did you both arrive at the decision to be, to, to go into this profession? Um, you know, I, I love the sciences and helping people, um, the biological sciences. And so it just directed me initially in college. You know, I kind of decided before that, but um, I just love that part of it. And then of course, if your parent, when, you know, you have one or two parents that are dentists or in a field, you're, it's familiar to you. You're not scared or worried. You know, you can provide a, you know, a, a decent life and and uh, you go that's what i'm gonna do so uh, that was kind of my story how about you yeah well to add to that my mom said that it was for him deciding between dentistry and being a park ranger which would have been very cool but i don't know if she was cut out for the yeah. yeah the park ranger <laughs> life. so um so i'm i'm happy he he decided to be a dentist because i've had a great mentor and and role <laughs> model and for me um, I took a little bit of time off of school after college. I really wanted to pursue dentistry, but I did some research and some other things. And if you know me at all, putting me in a lab where I don't get to talk to people all day is um, an amazing job, but just maybe not a fit for, for me personally. And uh, I found dentistry to be the perfect mix of really being able to serve people, create relationships with people, and also have a creative um, outlet. And in dentistry, you're always learning. It was one of the first things that he told me. I sometimes initially in after school get frustrated. Why are the days always so different? It's exhausting. And he just said, that is not something you like, then this is not the job for you. Yeah. So I decided, you know what? Okay, instead of fighting that, I'm going to embrace it and look at it as something that challenges me every day, allows me to learn. And uh, ever since I think that conversation, it's been great ever since. <laughs> So Aaron, for you, uh, obviously a lot of, lot of options coming out of school where you're going to practice. Mm -hmm. You have this family legacy piece of this, right? Did you ever consider any other direction as far as where to practice or was just like assume from the very beginning you're going to go practice in the family practice? I think I assumed from the beginning I would, but just like you were, like we've talked about earlier, I think for me, it was really important to talk to other doctors and to see what they've done. Um, I'm someone who likes to look at all my options. And so I felt that I wanted to talk to um, doctors that I knew from school who maybe had worked in corporate offices and why they enjoyed that or who worked in big groups or who practiced solo and the pros and cons of all of those things. And then could look at that and say like, okay, what am I excited about coming into our family office? And do those still align? Because the first day you step into dental school and the, the day you leave, sometimes what you want are a little bit different. And right. so I always tell students who are in dental school, start to just have conversations with doctors and try to get to know them so that you can have like vulnerable conversations to say, hey, what are the challenging parts of this? How did you deal with it? And what do you enjoy? Um, but by the time I was walking across getting my diploma, there was, there was no doubt in my mind that I wanted to come home and, and join the family practice. Steve, when you went through that practice, went through, through that process, did you ever consider anything other than joining your dad? Yes. Um, and it's cause I got, I got married before dental school. So, uh, we were pretty young out of college and worked in Santa Barbara for a couple of years while she was graduating. And then we went off to Chicago, but, 
Um, so at that time, you know, we had a discussion. I go, our options going back after dental school were, you know, where do you want to live? Because you can't move a dental practice very easily. And her family's from Los Angeles. So we just had those discussions and um, we, you know, I decided to associate with my dad for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, it was a little different. I didn't stay with my dad. Uh, his practice was smaller. So I bought a practice down the road, but we covered for each other for about, I don't know, 12 years or something until he retired. Gotcha. Uh, so we, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to be next to him a lot just for the couple of years, but he lives nearby. So call him. I see him a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I got my questions answered that way. Yeah. <laughs> so in, in that, so kind of similar past, but different in terms of how you carried it out. Steve, you associated with your dad and then bought another practice and you practiced in the same town. The two of you are practicing together. What, Steve, what did you do to prep for Aaron's arrival? Because running a two doctor practice is very different than running a one doctor practice. It's not a one and done. You got to ramp up for that. So walk us through that process. Well, uh, my dad was just a half mile away. So I had uh, purchased his practice. So it kind of moved my stuff into his. So it was kind of a uh, at this point is a larger office so I could handle the patients. But as the years went by and then, she, you know, the story of, of her going to dental school and things, um, you know, I really learned a lot from the Crown Council and that is listening to other doctors and their child going through. There was one doctor you mentioned where he had two sons and he went and bought a couple practices and worked all three. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've heard, I think you said, well, it's probably good that they work somewhere else for a while to learn from somebody else, a mentor. And and we had those discussions. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember hearing, I think it's Dr. White and his son, he did the same thing. Um, but um, as far as getting ready for her, I was going, I really think I should buy another little office somewhere. I just, so I was having my feelers out for four or five years, I think. And finally one came up like two months before you graduated, I think. And uh, so then I'm over trying to remodel it, connect with the patient. So it was a, it was a stressful time. And then uh, she's, because of that, she started working with me part of the time, like half of the time. Mm -hmm. Like as far as us in the same physical office. Correct. Yeah. And then we were, I think it was great in the sense that doing that, she was meeting all these patients for the first time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, and I didn't know them. So it was yeah. like, a, you know, kind of like a new patients every day. And I just, I, I think it helped her build her confidence. I wasn't there. So, you know, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> so, and today you have those two locations, correct? We have, we've kept those two locations, a uh, little bit of struggle with COVID here, but uh, we're both working, both of them, and it's, it's working out. So, and we got to remodel that together, tear down paneling, paint, you know, all that stuff. So yeah, he's, he, we poured a cement um, patio, slab. yeah, slab for the pump and we're building. So I learned a lot of new things, which you was did. exciting. I, I draw my limit at plumbing under the building. I said sheetrock. That's where I draw my limit. So, we didn't do sheetrock. No, we didn't. No, there, we have our limitations, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Aaron, for you coming into that straight out of school, um, busyness level, because this is one of the biggest, you know, going from from one doctor to two, one of the biggest challenges is, is there <clears throat> typically there's too much for one, but not enough for two. 
-hmm. in this case, it's I mean, absorbing and really adding a whole nother practice. <clears throat> Sounds like you were pretty busy. Yeah, I think I was, I was pretty busy. I think there were times where maybe I was probably taking, uh, some of what you would have been doing. And so I was always a little worried. I wanted to make sure. And that's why I think communication was really important that he was okay with that. I didn't want him to feel like I was coming in and messing up the way that his normal production was and all of those things. But we just made sure to try to communicate clearly with each other. And we'd look at the patients and he could introduce me to people. And I, I think we do come at an advantage having the same last name and being in a family because some inherent trust is built with yeah. the patients that are were yours for years uh, versus coming in as an associate that they don't know that he hasn't talked about that they assume maybe has a different philosophy. Um, so I think just communicating about that and it kind of ebbs and flows. Sometimes I felt overwhelmed and sometimes uh, I, in the beginning, I wish I was a little busier, which I think is pretty normal coming in as a new associate, especially into one office. Um, could we have maybe had me work, could I have worked at another office a few days a week, maybe. I think the concern always was everyone knew that we knew that I'd be coming back to his office. You're right. So looking for an office that would be okay and that would be appropriate if I left and went full time right. with him without feeling like I was maybe burning another doctor. I think those are important things to be transparent about as well. Um, I did work at a public health clinic on Saturdays and some Fridays, which I think was a really positive experience. Super. I did that for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And that allowed me to work on my speed and communication and also get to serve another part of the community, um, which I think is just a really valuable thing to do coming out of school. And it also gave me a chance to learn from other doctors besides exactly. just working with you, even though I have a lot to learn from you. So, <laughs> Yeah, Steve, I, I didn't answer the part or, or I felt like I didn't do it right is getting ready for an associate coming in, you know, I'll I didn't have besides the Crown Council, uh, you know, distribution list and then being very involved locally talking to other doctors, there's not like a game plan set out you know, or a map. And uh, so when you're kind of learning, you know, it's like having your first child, you're learning you know, what you do. So uh, fortunately, my staff was pretty open to it. And uh, yeah, we just I, I just felt these are her patients, too. And we just shared them. And if they were willing to see her do it and and we'd schedule it was a little challenges uh just working the schedules as but we were going through two offices at the same time so there was a lot of learning going on yeah. um but it but it's worked out what are we four years almost five years almost five yeah i think mm -hmm. talking to other friends who've i have a lot of friends who've joined their parents practices and mm -hmm. i think coming from the perspective of okay what was set out initially before I joined, sometimes I felt like he gave me a little too much autonomy. But looking back, I think that was good. Um, I have some friends who've joined practices where there are really, really uh, strict or rigid guidelines and procedural things for the dentistry, the um, running the practice, all of those things, which I think can be positive as well, but it doesn't leave a lot of room for growth potentially or input. Uh, so I think as the owner doctor, you just kind of have to decide, am I really happy right now where I'm at, or do I want to continue to grow? And then you can communicate and move forward together or say, this is where we're at and you, you follow this. So <laughs> I think those are important expectations and communications to have clear before you bring, especially a family member into the practice. Oh, good. I mean, you, um, my, my question was going to be, if, if you are asked, if you're asked by another student 
should I do this? Like, should I join dad? Should I join mom as a, as a dentist? I mean, what, what are you, uh, the advice you've just given is, is, is fantastic. But like, what do you say to that person? I mean, if there is a student listening, that's like, I don't know if I should do this or not. Um, should I join dad? What, what do, and, and that question goes to both of you. What, what would, what would you say to that student? I, I think yes, as long as you get along, you know, <laughs> so you've got to be able to communicate. So if you can't communicate, I think that'd be a failure. Um, and, you know, my dad and I probably had some of those issues, um, but, um, you know, I learned from that. And I, I think maybe that's why I let her be a little more autonomous um, because I go, I don't want to be the one that's hovering over her and stuff. She has a question, we'll talk about it or I'll ask her a question and we share and, um, you know, we're equals, you know, it's not, you know, it's kind of, I told her earlier, so you got to check your ego at the door and you come in and your partners and how are we going to make today work? So um, I wish in some ways I had been, you know, I had all the systems in place because you always wish that day will come, but you're revamping the old systems by the time you get to the end. So it, it never ends. But uh, that in that way, I felt, oh, I didn't I didn't organize that for her well enough. But then she organized it. So we're all set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> ongoing um you know you've been at this four or five years what do the two of you do on a regular basis to make sure it continues working how do you stay in communication how do you work out roles and responsibilities your role with the team what are what are some of those things you you continue to do <clears throat> excuse me that make it work I think uh, we were just talking about this and we've been, and I know we had talked about you, you and I, what would we improve or change? And I think um, we've gone through ebbs and flows of having meetings with just us, like set time aside just for the doctors. We do team meetings every or, you know, morning meetings. And then we do every week or other week, like an hour long meeting with the whole team. But I think it's really important to set time aside just as the doctors to sit down and say like, what are our goals for the next month? What are our goals for the year? To be able to delegate and say like, his not his favorite thing is social media or the website or things like that. Luckily, we have great support from a lot of the partners that you've you know connected us with, but just communicating with those people and things like, you know, maybe payroll aren't along the lines of things that I do. And so just having clear communication and say, okay, can I delegate this to you being honest and saying, I have these big cases coming up. Is that something that you can do? And then following communication forward to make sure those things get done. And we each have the support we need. I think that's been the most, the most helpful thing. And something that when we fall out of that, that's when I notice there's not necessarily tension, but just a lot of back and forth of like, oh, did you do yeah. this? Are we doing this? What's happening here? Are we on track? Um, and so I think having set time is really important. And I think it allows you to enjoy your relationship outside the office more. Yes. Because we are, our whole family pretty much is here and we love all spending time together. And the last thing you want to do at like Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> is ask like, oh, did you order that stuff? From <laughs> did right? you order the <laughs> So, and uh, no oh, one else in the right family here. wants to hear that, right? So um, yeah, I think I think that's the most important thing is he's he's also taught me is to, Sometimes, even though we love what we do, and when you own a practice, it's 24-7, you have to just sometimes leave that 
hmm. aside so you can also enjoy other aspects of your relationship relationship with the whole family and and all those things outside the office that we like to do so yeah. and then Stuart I wanted to touch real quick just on what I tell students um, yeah. <clears throat> about whether they should join their parent and I think the key thing is exploring is your relationship with your parent through dental school changing from parent uh, child to colleague Mm -hmm. And I think that that for us, that transformation happened the very beginning of dental school. And I think people that wait to push that change in the relationship until the day they step into their practice, that's where you run into trouble. I have a lot of friends who start associating with their parent and their parent is like over their shoulder while they're doing a a filling, like a, a simple filling. You know, I understand I'll pull them into the room, especially in the beginning, if I was doing something more complex and patients were always okay with that and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I bring new equipment in and I want to show them how to use it and we'll do a procedure together so that we're on the same page or doing it properly. But I think attending, like we've attended crown council events together, um, doing study clubs together, all of those things through your time when you're in school, I think is, is one of the more beneficial things you can do. And that way, by the time you're leaving, you're, you understand each other's patient philosophies and that trust between each other mm-hmm. is established. Because I just right, see a lot I'm, of parents I'm, struggle with I'd that. I love that. All right, now I add on to that, Aaron, <clears throat> which is what are, what are the other things that, that Steve does that makes it easy for you? So he, he didn't hover over you. He, he gave you some rope to what else does he do that makes it easy? Um, I think just... I know that you underestimate your ability as a a leader, but I think just seeing him the way he'll want to constantly strive to be better and lead the office. And I think his availability for me to come ask questions without him saying, oh, well, I've done this a million times and it's easy, right? He'll say, I remember learning this and here's struggles that I had. And I think having a partner and especially a parent that's really vulnerable and struggles they've had with the practice, struggles they've had with treatments, um, with uh, team management, right? All those different things. And then saying, this is how I learned. This is what I did. Um, but there's a million ways to do it. And then trying to point me in the direction of other mentors, I think has been one of the most positive things you can do. Like you just said, just checking your ego at the door. I mean, even just from being on the crown council list, I'll see there's 50 different ways to do one thing. Right. Right. And I think he would push Mm -hmm. me to, you know, email the group to reach out to other doctors, especially in crown council. Um, and then just be vulnerable and, and allow me to come back to him and ask questions without me feeling like he knows so much better. He really always made me feel like I could do it and I was trying my best and doing a good job and then and then helping me move forward. So I, I really appreciated that a lot. Biggest cheerleader. Biggest cheerleader. Nice. Probably ever since I was this big, you know. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. All right. Now, Steve, turn about fair play. Yeah. What are some what are some things that Aaron has done or does that makes it easy for you? Well, she's just willing to take on anything. And so, you know, I I could see how it would be, especially in today's world, a lot a lot different than 30 years ago as far as the paperwork and regulations and everything you got to follow. So um there are just certain things I kind of felt like, Hey, I, you're better at this than I would, you know, how about you take this on, you know, and part of it was starting with the marketing and her communication with patients and stuff. And then, um, then we've just kind of added stuff, you know, now she's picked up the supplies. And I said, if there's something you want to try, you do it. You know, you're not stuck on what I've chose the last 10 years or however long. 
because you know I learned from you, Steve, and the Crown Council. If you're not changing, you're you're falling behind, right? You're not moving forward. So I'm always open to change and and like the three things, right? You bring three things if you're going to change it, right. and one doesn't cost anything. Right? <laughs> so we, we keep right. that, that philosophy in the office, and, and it allows teammates to uh, make a change as long as they communicate well with the team. So. Um, uh, Trying to think what else. Um, well, I think your flexibility allows for um, that's easier on the team too. I think right. they know that we communicate so they can come to either one of us. Um, and I think too, we try, even though we're both growing, we try to do things in a similar way clinically. So we're not <laughs> causing a lot of uh, difficulty for the team. We have our systems in place and we'll bring in different things. But if it's something where for example, like, hey, I want to try this root canal system. I think this is important. I think it's going to really benefit us. And he's been doing it the same way for a while. <laughs> I need to learn from her. No, but it's, 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 but it's both, right? He'll say this, yeah. is, why don't I teach you? It's different than school. And we can, then we try to come to an agreement on what we think is maybe going to be the best for us moving forward. And we, we try to do that. There's a few things we just do a little differently. Both work. It's just what we prefer to do. But if we can move forward and constantly challenge each other and try to have things consistent, I think the team appreciates that a lot. Yeah, I think there's that's the beautiful thing about this is, you know, there's always the tried and true. Mm -hmm. What's you know what's worked and the reason it's worked for so long is there's some key things, and then there's stuff that's new that sheds a different light. And sometimes it's it's a combination of the two, but you always have to look at both and, and reevaluate. New is not always better, but at the same time. You know, there's always improvements on the tried and true. So there's uh, that combination is is uh, well done. And it's not always me bringing in the new stuff. There was a big uh, discussion because I did not want to do the scanner in the mill situation. I just was stressed about it. I was like, there's so much going on. It's just one more thing. And he really pushed for it. And now uh, we don't use it across the board, obviously, but uh, it's been a great addition to our office for patients in certain cases. It's been awesome. So I. I admit I was, that was, I was wrong. <laughs> I needed to be pushed to grow. And uh, I think it's, if you have a partner that's pushing you, it's, it's great. So. We know um, that you've used each other as, as mentors and as, as guides and uh, who else are, have you used throughout your life as a, as a coach, as a mentor? Um, is that important for a family practice to look outside of, of just what we've got going together? Um, can you share a little bit about that? Sure. Do you want to? Well, um, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fortunate having joined the Crown Council at a young, younger age. I mean, I'm, you know, older now, but been what is it, 25 years or 24 years? So that does a big chunk of my career, and that's the one thing that my dad would not have agreed with Crown Council stuff, just because he's like stuck in the in the mouth, right? Um, and uh, but it's been so important. So to me, the, I'd say there's a number of people that I just listened to and have grown through, through um, the crown council that we, that I've met or can ask questions to. And I've had a been in a mastermind group for, well, we are not meeting the last couple of years, but had been 20 years or 18 and a couple of the docs are near me. And, and so we still communicate. We've had a few that retired. So that was huge. Um, and, and then I've gotten very involved in the dental society. So I have some really close friends uh, that we'll talk to. 
And of course, our, I mean, we, we share an office. So uh, if we're at the office together, we're sitting there talking about stuff from supplies to what that employee is doing, you know? So. What are you having for dinner so I can go there, right? That too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I, I feel the same way about Crown Council. I just feel super fortunate that um, that you've been a part so long so that I could join. And uh, being part of a mastermind group has been awesome. And even though we're all younger doctors, I really look up to a lot of the people in this group. Um, like, for example, one of the people in the group, Ryan Martz, is really growing his practice. And, you know, he'll call me or I'll call him and we'll have a long conversation. And then someone will get a patient. You have to go. But just the, the desire to grow and the vulnerability of the people, the young doctors in these groups is so different than the people that I knew in dental school. And I love so many of the people from dental school, but a lot of people want to graduate and just do the same thing. And they talk about retirement and I've never heard anyone in the Crown Council Young Doctors Group be excited about retire. I mean, you want to prepare financially, and all these <laughs> things, right? But I think people are just so excited about what they're doing now and the growth and where they want to be and the goals they have. Um, and that can be intimidating because sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm behind. I'm not doing these big cases and all of that. But I think it's, everyone's just so encouraging and just like even things to me that clinically are a small victory, everyone's really excited about. And um, so the young doctors have been great. I went through Dr. Hornbrook's uh, program and I really, really want to do the occlusion course. It's like, I keep looking at the calendar and as soon as it works out, I'm, I am there. Um, and I think he's been a great resource. I've reached out to him about patients and to have a doctor that, um, is doing so much and serving so many young doctors, be able to, you know, get back to you and discuss things with you has been really impactful. Um, and I think, you know, they say when, when you're mentoring kids that if they have other adults besides their parents, right, that believe in them and help move them forward. And I, I think it's the same through your whole life. I don't think that's something that ends the second you turn 18. I think seeking out mentors that believe in you, but also mm -hmm. want to push you is important. And I was really lucky in dental school. There were a few um, doctors that led the clinics that I was in that worked private practice before they joined the dental school. And their advice, I think, Super. really, really set me apart from classmates that just worked with doctors who've done academia, which is great. But I think you get a whole new perspective. And those doctors, I, I owe so much to because they pushed me to be more involved in Crown Council. They you know, taught me what it's like to manage people. I got job offers leaving dental school that classmates didn't. And it's because of those mentors I had at school. Mm -hmm. All right, Steve. If you are, and Aaron, I'm going to ask you the same question, so you get a heads up on this one. Um, if you are speaking to uh, someone who is thinking about going into a family practice like yours, uh, kind of last, last comments, what would be your summary statement to them? What would you tell them? Well, the, I, I think the most important thing buying a practice or especially a family practice is you really have to learn the philosophy of your parent and then initially you just need to mold and work with them um because they probably haven't done this before either so you know if you do that and then as your communication continues i mean communication is the whole thing yeah. you communicate then you can start to you know, as I said earlier, check your ego and, and let go things. And it's, uh, 
you know, you don't learn all that in dentistry you just, or in dental school. You just think you can do it all or try to do it all. But now you got a partner. So um, I, I think communication and then um, learning to trust. Well put. Aaron, what would you tell him? I feel like you stole my answer. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say number one thing is um, establishing your relationship as colleagues and partners. And uh, through that, having great communication and also making sure you're setting good boundaries so that you can mm -hmm. enjoy other aspects of your relationship because that parent-child relationship doesn't go away because you're all of a sudden business partners. And so I think establishing boundaries together, clear communication, and then having the same patient philosophy. I think for us, the most important thing is the patient care. And that stems from everything we're doing, the front office to the back. and if you both truly have that as your philosophy and want to be better for your patients, everything else, even little disagreements will fall back to that and you'll be able to move forward together. Um, so I think just reestablishing that constantly and making sure you're on the same page there and not getting frustrated with the details that can bog you down in day to day, yeah. just being a support for each other too, just emotionally <laughs> and uh, clinically and all of those things. And then lastly, to have fun. I think that Sometimes it, you know, work can get exhausting or tiring, or we've had a lot of seven or before 7 a.m. days this week, and my power was out all week, and you get, you know, frustrated. And then you remember, man, I am in just the best job, and I get to do it with someone that I love and someone who also loves what they do. So try to have fun. Um, and I think that will bring a lot of joy to your life, and patients see that. Love it. Excellent. Thank you both for sharing your experience and your wisdom today and for being a great example of doing it right. And uh, this is, there are, there are a lot of people who try to do this. Um, not all of them work out well, and, uh, but you've got so many great ingredients and, and a great legacy that you continue to live. So thanks for, your, for sharing and for your great example. Well, yeah, thank you both. The most important awesome. thing is this, not <laughs> that's yep. right for sure yeah thank you especially on your day off after such a tough week thank you oh <laughs> I, I can't go play golf come on no oh, see this no. is the fun stuff <laughs> this is off time so anytime any chance to hang out with you guys is a is a good thing so i'll we're tell you happy. that's the one thank thing you. i have two half days and i'm playing golf twice a week now there you go my sister always says, she goes, dad's on his way to retirement. And I'm like, don't you dare say that. <laughs> don't even put that in his head, you know? But I think I'm like, he'll never fully retire. He's going to be one of those like yeah. doctors with like a bow tie. He's going to be like not practicing, but just like, singing. <laughs> and he's going to be like 98 years old. Like I, I am sending I, you a bow tie right now. Yeah, <laughs> I see it all happening. Like he's going to have like big glasses. I'll, just, gonna, I'll slow the patients down. So your day gets Mom's going to send you there and you're just going to oh, hang yeah. out with me. And you're going to be like, so I'm, I'm, I'm I'm keeping him around as long as I can. I, nice. He can golf on off days. So. Very good. That yeah, is fun. Thank you guys so much. And of course, thank let you. us know what else you need and happy to help however we can. Yeah, so. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. Guys. Guys. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, see ya. Thank Bye. you. Thanks for joining us for this Mentor of the Month podcast sponsored by Crown Council. This is just one tool available to the Crown Council membership that helps dental teams build a culture of success. That's our mission and purpose is to provide a place for dental teams to come together and learn the skills needed to develop your most valuable asset, the people, those people who work in your practice. 
As always, if you're interested in being part of this group or want more information about the tools available to the membership, go to www.crowncouncil.com or call us 1-800-276-9658. Thanks.